Welcome to the Books, Beards, Booze podcast, where we talk books, drink booze, and have beards. Alright, as always, I am Bob of Tales by Bob. I'm the ass for the podcast, Derek. And I am going to remain for the rest of this week. Best intern, greatest intern. That's all oh, yeah. well and good, hmm. but I think we need to <clears throat> sugared up in turn. I think we need to really up in turn. Acknowledge the fact that we're going over actual stories again, yeah. which is where I got my nickname. So this will this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we've got two stories this week. If you haven't read them, stop what you're doing. Go read them. Uh, they are Sun, Moon, Dust by Ursula Vernon, which you can actually listen to. Ooh. Um, it you can if you listen to podcasts, you can go uh, download. It's I think it's episode sixteen A of the Uncanny Magazine podcast. You can also if you just go if you click our link to take you to the story on the Books Beards Booze website, they they have a player there that you can listen to it. So you don't even have to read that one; you can have it read to you. The other story is The Martian Obelisk by Linda Nagata. Um, just a quick little thing about both of these stories. They were both uh, Hugo finalists hmm. for 28, short story finalists for uh, 2018. That's how I came across them. Have we read the winning one? Yeah. The winning one was uh, Your Authentic Indian Experience, TM, by Rebecca Roanhorse. I actually just listened to that episode. I was listening to some back episodes. I listened yeah. to that this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the winner. Uh, other nominees were Carnival Nine mm-hmm. uh, and Fandom for Robots. Oh, so okay. I couldn't remember if this was the same year. That yeah, all these... same year. And the other story that's these are the last two. Oh, are they? These yeah. Are the, okay. And the but the last well, there's one more, but we're not going to do it because um, that story doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, I read it. it. Originally it was, and I went and read it, and I was like, I don't know. No, no, no. So we're not doing it. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and actually, I read, like, while I was kind of researching these stories a little bit, I went and read a review, and, like, this is a person who's one of the Hugo voters. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, first time I read it, like, I didn't get this. And then I kind of did some research on the person, and I read it a second time, and I think I kind of get it now. I was like, no. That's not the story. Have to do that. That's not the story for this podcast. All right. So, uh, a little bit about Ursula Vernon. Uh, she uh, have you She's also... the one who wrote the obelisk. No, she's the one who wrote Sun Moon Dust. Okay. So she has also in the past won uh, Hugo's uh, Mythopoeic Awards and Nebulas for like short stories, novellas. Um, she also like illustrates and writes some younger kids' books, like hmm. Dragons, the Dragon's Breath series. Um, Linda Nagata uh, has also won a Nebula and a Locus. I think, if I remember correctly, she was the first person to ever win a Nebula for a purely digital product. For she had a novella mm-hmm. that was never at, like published, published, right. um, like physically, and so she won a Nebula for that. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I didn't want to dive too deep in on the authors because we're, we're here for the stories. The story, y'all. Um, so. Uh, let's do Sun, Moon, Dust first, because it's the order that it's in on our website. Because it's the better one of the two. Alright, so, I'll say this, I did like this one more than the other. Derek? I highly disagree. I knew it. I knew it! Yeah. I was like... I enjoyed them both, but I like uh, Sun, Moon, Dust. It was... Okay. It was just so... 
lacking in all no. of the all things. Right. No. So Sun Moon Dust. I you like have, the way it made me feel. Yeah, it was it was a upbeat kind of happy story with just a bunch of like little pithy little lines like snuggled in there. They're just like, oh, that's great. Like he's talking about like the goat. Like the goat hadn't said and the goat had been very quiet for the past few days. Yeah, he was, I love he was it. pretty sure it was plotting something. Like, oh yeah, don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it wasn't yeah. good. Yeah, that's not what I meant. I just it was, yeah. Okay, so I really, really, really like this story. It's one of I would put it in the top, probably like six or seven of stories that we've read on this podcast. Mm. I would think um, mm. it's a fun story. Yeah, no, I really, I really like this story. Okay, this is probably gonna tell me a lot. You're not saying this would have been above Carnival Nine in the voting for no. Like I okay. said, it'd be like six no. Or I, seven. I mean, but I mean, like if oh, we read if, all of if the... I was well again, if I was voting, I would have given it to uh, probably Phantom for Robots. That's fine. I mean, it's wrong, but it's still fine. Carnival Nine would have got my number two. Um, Carnival Nine is the right choice, but that's but that's... Phantom. I just I love Phantom for Robots so much. Robots. Um, but yeah, no, this story was great. Uh, again, these are short stories, so there's that's why we've started doing two of them, because mm-hmm. most of these you can't go super, super, super deep on them. Um, so, but if you haven't read it, and you're not going to, to kind of summarize the story briefly, a guy inherits his grandmother's sword, that when you draw it, three warriors live inside the sword, and when you draw it, they appear. And they're basically like, okay, let's go conquer now. And he's like, but I just really want to be a farmer. Like, I don't I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. I'm good. And uh, one of the warriors is like, no, go kill. Rah, ah. And then uh, another of the warriors is like, so you really don't, you just happy being a farmer? Huh. And then the moon, moon yeah. is like, no, asking, I did, I did as, like asking questions about farming, like, really interested in the farming tell me about your potatoes yeah and so they end up at the end of the story uh sun and dust the huh so you just want to be a farmer and let's go kill they go back into the sword waiting for this guy to die so he can pass the sword on and moon is like no i'm i'm tired of being in the sword i want to return to being a farmer like i'm with it like let's let's do this and they there's oh there's some romance there like the guy and moon are kind of like oh electric touch and so i liked moon where he was like i can remember my home but i don't think my home would remember me anymore yeah, and like with like, I don't oh. think I don't think the Earth would remember me. Yeah, the land that he was from, and I didn't think it would remember Alpa him anymore. Alpa is the guy's name. Yeah, I think. Alpa was like he was horrified, like, like <gasps> the land can forget the me. Earth? Oh my God, the Earth! I can't. Like it was. He's like na- I never even yeah. thought of that. It was nauseating yeah. to think about the Earth forgetting him. Yeah, I think what I like most about this story is it takes the trope of you're the farmer, you get the weapon, and you go off and conquer, conquer. And it's like, no, no, I'm good. Oh, I got the thing. Oh no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay a farmer. Yeah, I like that. It's like an inverse of the trope. Like, oh, I like how Grandma was like, "Get it together, you piece of shit. (laughs) Take this fucking sword. You're useless." Yeah, the grandma was. I don't even really. She wasn't really like you're useless. She was like, I should have taught you all this shit a long time ago. What the fuck did I do? Why would I? I see. I got, I got some of that, but more like I should have trained you, but fuck, I couldn't have because you're so fucking ugh 
<laughs> Why was I cursed with such a ding bat for a grandkid? But take this sword anyway. Go away. Let me die. Um, I didn't quite see it quite that, yeah. that well, grandma, negatively. Grandma, no, it's not a negative thing. It's just more like, I don't know. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I, I like. I she, she was crotchety. That's yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah she was but, definitely I got a soft spot for crotchety grandparents. My, you are a crotchety yeah. grandparent. I so, mean, not, you don't have like, the kids or my, grandkids, but my, you have the age and crotchety. And you sure do complain. Yeah. I, I do love to complain. It's um, my favorite. So, yeah, y'all thoughts? Thoughts? What do you... Uh, do you want to go before? I don't know. I just like, I, I don't have a lot to dig into this story. I enjoyed Moon. I Yeah, I have a bit more to talk about the other one because I didn't like it as much. So I have things I can point out that I didn't like. I, I feel like there was more depth to the other story. Yeah. The obelisk story. Yeah, so I feel like I have um, less to talk about where this, I do. I did enjoy this story. The sun, moon dust. I did enjoy this. I liked the way it made me feel. The goat was great. Yeah. And, my my only quibble with the whole thing mm-hmm. is there's the line where he's because I read the story twice. The first time I read it, there's one passage I had to reread a couple of times because it didn't like I was like what what this doesn't make sense. Where he's talking about how Moon touches him mm-hmm. and he feels like basically like, oh his electric mm-hmm. touch kind of deal you know yeah and the very next line is like. No, because Sun, you know, Sun was reshaping his hand kind of deal. And it was just very confusing. Like it. Oh, I know the place it, you're talking about. It wasn't very clear. Like, it, my first read through, I was like, wait a minute. No, Moon touched him. Why is he talking about Sun? He's planting. He's not trying to hold a sword. Why is. It was very. Like, that, yeah, that was, was very jumbled. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't made clear enough mm-hmm. what was going on. So, like, that was, that was a faulty craft yeah. part. But the rest of it, I mean. It's light fluff. It's a it's a fluff piece, yeah. More or less, you're not getting anything out of crucial it. depth yeah. here. It was cotton candy. I liked which it. Is, yeah, which is, I liked it. Yeah. Which is why I didn't like it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, you like the story, but it's just not quite the short story for you. I, I the the concept was fine. Um, the writing style was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was just at no point was there any meat. Yeah, he's kind of candy. Well, no, I know, but no, but yeah. there's there's things that were fluff, like that still had something to grab onto. Like to me, Phantom for Robots was a lot of fluff, but there was still something to grab onto. Mm, this is so saying. this is so airy, and there's there's just there isn't anything to like things just kind of happen and then it's over. There's not really a like there's a conclusion, but but not really, and no one, no one really progresses. Like Moon does a little bit, but how quickly things happen and how little there's interaction that leads to that change, it just it it there wasn't enough to it. And it's not like because it because I know they're short stories, but this one was longer. Yeah. Or the what was it? Um, Martian Obelisk. The, the Martian Obelisk was longer, but it was still a fairly short. It was a short story. Yeah. Uh, it, it just. I really, really wanted to like this one. And when I first started it, I was like, oh, okay, I, I kind of like what we're doing here. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. And then it just left me wanting it to have been more than it was. And it just was disappointing. Okay. I can I can, I can, can see that. Because, um, yeah, I mean, Alpa doesn't really grow at all. Now, granted, it's a short story. Too. 
Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of, I guess the only growth he has is falling in love with Moon. But that's kind of more more of a subtle thread. And um, And even that, it was so, like, if that was what you're going for, cool. But, like, you mentioned a couple of times him blushing and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, that's nice. But there's there's very little I don't I don't know how to describe it but well I think there is a lot of there was a lot showing that but like you know he he spends a lot more time descri- like describing moon than anyone else he like he pays a lot more attention to the the features of moon and then there's like the the scene with like the electric touch and there's multiple scenes of blushing and kind of so i mean i i think for the length of the story there was a there was a fairly significant because also there is a okay well here's the thing those those weren't scenes though those were just mentionings in the context of continuous scene like i understand what you're saying like there was i'm not saying that it wasn't like built in or anything like that i'm just saying those weren't full scenes and if that's the point of the story then i would have like because to me the point of the story was moon coming to grips with the fact that he wanted to change what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, I think the point of the story is not everyone wants to be a hero. Well, yeah, I know. I but... think that was the point of the story. Mm. I think Moon was just a bonus. I think I think Moon was the subplot. The real thing is just being happy with who you are and what you're trying to do. Just because, I think. Just because yeah, an but... opportunity is given to you doesn't mean you have to take it if it doesn't make you happy. Yeah, but even... We would get no satisfaction out of it or not be good at it. But see, even even that, I was kind of... I didn't really get that. Like, I understand that, but I didn't think it was particularly... Because it was just like... They were like, hey, let's do this thing. It was like, nah. And it's not not even like they were... Like, it wasn't even really that they were trying to convince him to. They were just like, we should do this thing. And he was just like, nah. Well, I mean, he did... They did try to train him for a while. Yeah, he was just like... Like well, and he like just a, wasn't any good at it. What was it a couple of week, like a week or two? Or? Yeah, but I mean, you know, he devoted some time to trying to make them happy, more or less, and then finally, son is like, because they're they're thinking that oh well, he'll get into this, and then it'll he'll come around, and finally, like after like two weeks of this, son is like, so you really have no interest, really? Wow, huh? What do you know? They do exist. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. I liked it well enough. Let's talk about the Martian Obelisk. Unless yes. you have something else you want to add. Uh, um, no, I mean, okay. it just it was okay. Okay. So the Martian Obelisk. The uh, this story in brief is uh, Earth has gone to shit. Everyone is probably going to die. Uh, they have tried four different times to colonize Mars. They've all failed. There's an artist. Who a rich guy comes to her and is like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And she's like, buy me one of these failed colonies and I'm going to, I've done all, I've mapped it all out. I want to build an obelisk on it remotely using the robots at this place because it will last longer than humanity. Like we're going to die. It'll be a testament to humanity. Yeah. There'll be something that survives us then. Mm -hmm. And he's like, cool. Well, they start doing it. They're like 13 years into this 20-year project. And uh, recently, the last Mars colony had failed. They all got like some plague and died. Well, all of a sudden, there's like a Mars rover heading for the obelisk, yada, yada, yada. And they're freaking out. And 
it ends up there's a couple of survivors. So this artist, a mom and her two kids. two kids. So the mom or the the artist gives up the obelisk to keep these people alive, basically. And to maybe keep to these maybe keep, alive. well to keep them alive for a couple of years, a, a, a longer while. a while. A while long, like they will be dead in a few days in their rover. At yeah. least they will live at least a few more days, if not years. Um, so, uh, if, while this is going on, the rich guy comes and is like, "Oh, hey, you know your daughter that died in Hawaii that's been quarantined. Yeah, she, oh, well, not she had a kid. She had a kid. The kid's alive. Cool. I dip. Not only do you have a daughter, but surprise, well, no, the you- daughter's dead." The daughter died, yeah. but had... Oh, the... that was where the granddaughter, granddaughter. came from. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. The granddaughter and then the granddaughter yeah. has a child. That's no, what the I think granddaughter like... is the child. No, no, there's another kid. Yeah. There's there's the granddaughter and then the granddaughter's daughter. Yeah. There's like, there's two The two granddaughter is old her. enough to have her own child. Yes, because it's been like 20-something years or something shit like that. So the granddaughter, it's her been, daughter... It's been like... Not the, that long. The daughter dies, gives birth right before she dies. And now this her granddaughter is old enough to have had her own child. There are two steps in this no, progeny line. No. You have a granddaughter, one who grew up without her parents in a quarantine zone. That's that's what it says right here. Like it's a her her daughter was in the quarantine zone. Yes. And gave birth before dying. Correct. So this daughter, her, her granddaughter, has grown up in the quarantine zone. Well, then how did Derek and I read that same story and both were under the impression that there were two living descendants of this architect? No. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how y'all did that, but... Find it, Derek. It's there. I mean, I, I literally just read you the line that said, you have a granddaughter. <laughs> Not, you have a great-granddaughter. It's there. Nothing like that. She's healthy, and she has a healthy two-year-old daughter. Bang. Ah, uh, okay. All right. All so right. her granddaughter has a daughter. So there's two steps of, of, of lineage for this architect who was so concerned about having a legacy of some sort because the architect had built these other glass monuments that got destroyed, and she's very concerned about leaving something leaving to something. show that they were there. Yeah. But all ultimately, it's futile. Everything you leave for the future is just going to not really be around, and you can't guarantee that. She built those two glass towers; they got destroyed. Hoping for the obelisk, it got destroyed. Well, it didn't get destroyed; it just didn't get finished. For all intents and purposes, the obelisk ain't no more. Right. Well, it's more in domes and purposes because they're not living in tents; they're living in domes. And then now she's got this grandchild and a great grandchild who are, I mean, ultimately are going to die because that's what people do. It's what bodies do. You die. Yeah. But, hmm. I think you took a different meaning than what I think the author was trying to. No, I mean, like, she's, yay, I'm hopeful. Let's, let's put our efforts into people over things and let's band together and not worry about leaving a monument when you can help a person. But, like, this the architect wants to have something to remember be remembered by and so she gives up her obelisk to mm-hmm. help that family and then 
by the end of the story, you're thinking that she's going to put her efforts into her grandchild and great grandchild. But I walk away from that story going, well, everything is just equally impermanent because she built these statues. I was with you up until that last part because I didn't get that coming out of it. What I got of it coming out of it was the fact that everyone in this world had written off everything. They were just like, oh, we're screwed. We're just giving up. Yeah. No, yeah. So everyone did that. And she had given up to the point where she was just like, well, I'm just going to build this gravestone, basically, on another to to show that we were all here. And by the end of it, there was like improbable things can happen. You don't just give up. Yeah. Like you keep you keep fighting until there is no more fight to be had. Just like yeah. all these people should have been dead on Hawaii. Yeah. But, but they, they didn't and they and the <coughs> for the first time in years they had a positive breakthrough in the world and they were like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Maybe everything's not hopeless. Maybe we can get there. That's that that's the message I took away is where there's life, there's hope. Um, life uh, finds a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that that was my. I think that was the message she's trying to impart, and I think she. I think she did that. My problem with this story is that guy being a dick and not telling her that she had a grandkid, even though he knew that that's pretty important information you ought to tell somebody. Well, yeah, that I, it's not. That's not my problem that he withheld that information because. I mean, that's real shitty. Well, she she makes did, perfect sense. It made it yeah did. It for made a selfish sense. dude who wants to make sure that his thing that he's financially backing comes to completion. Well, also, but here's the thing: like, she specifically asked him to do that for yeah. her. She's like, I don't want to know. I don't want distractions. I want to focus on this because she has given up on life, and he yeah. knows that. And he's her. And they're friends too. It's not like they're what only... a shit friend. Well, no, but here's the thing, though: like if. If the monument had kept getting built, I don't think she would have reacted all that positively. Because, like, she's got her life work here that she's trying to complete, and now she's got a grandkid. Like, I think it would have turned out. I don't think... I think she would have resented him for doing that. Like, I'm sure, yes, she would have wanted to know, but I think she also would have resent. Like, it would have marred their friendship, I think. Um, That's... Like, yeah, should he have told her sooner? Sure. But, I mean, he told her. But he only told her because, like, it felt manipulative to me. Like, she's trying to dismantle this thing that he's put his money into. Like, yes, build this obelisk. And she's like, well, we got to help these people. And he's like, well, you're destroying the thing I want, which is his monument, so... Fuck you! You have a grandkid, and you got a, you got a great grandkid. I, I, I didn't, didn't tell you. I didn't feel like that at all. I don't know. It felt gross. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it was like a stand up thing, but I, to me, it was like she was like, "Hey, I don't want to know anything. Leave me alone. Let me." There's this a is difference what I between do. like, please don't tell me what's happening on CNN, and oh, by the way, you have here's the thing: you have like, a family. But, where, on, but where? But where do you like? She's made it clear that she doesn't want to know anything. So he's supposed to now just arbitrarily pick and choose what to tell her and what not to tell her kind of deal. You know, it's like if she's look, if if you tell me, hey, I don't want to know what's going on in the world. 
And then, well, so I should I then just, well, I'm going to listen to her, but I'm going to pick and choose how I listen to her. You're going to you're going to be a little snippy if I well, tell you anything. I think you know. I know she said, "Don't tell me anything," but. Uh, I'm going to tell also, her this anyway. Also, uh, hold on. Also, <sighs> take something else into consideration. You have to take into consideration she said that and then completely and totally secluded herself from all of everything. Yeah. Up away uh, from again, everyone, away I from everything. It. I get yeah. it. Like, her husband and her kids and all that shit just got wiped away and she's yeah. super depressed and, like, fuck this world and everything in it. I'm just going to go bury my head in the sand and build this obelisk on a whole nother planet. Don't tell me anything more about the news. I can't handle it. That the fact that you have a family, that's not CNN news. Like I just I don't know. I think the no, guy again, was. I don't. I think a th- shitty I think, person. I think this is a. I think this is emergency contact kind of all over again. I think just like we're like okay, kind of yeah. Was it a stand up thing to do? Mm-hmm. Was he like a patron saint for withholding this information? No, no. I think they're. But both I don't think people. it's as bad as you. Mm, they're both shitty. They're really not. I don't like she. Okay, so he's trying to protect his friend. She's trying to memorialize humanity. They both have their goals, and this is and just kind of and look. He also. It's, I think. I think it's a not a stretch to think that he wants to have. He. It's not just her trying to memorialize humanity. He wants that thing to happen too. Yes, like, so that's, that's why he's trying that's to why help he was her. Saying don't right. help the mom and the kid yeah. on Mars. Finish building this thing. Let them die. Well, because they're going to die anyway. Just let them die and build them. Yeah, monument. but see, that's the thing. That's because literally that whole point is the everyone, everyone in this world has given up on life. Everyone. Including him and including her. They've given up and they're just trying to do this thing. So when she turns around and is like, I'm not like, this is, this is too important. This is not worth sacrificing these people for. It's, it's, it's not right. And he finally, and he's like. It, she comes back from the brink before him and talks him into it. And he's resisting it because he's scared of caring again. And then this happens and he's like, well, shit, if you genuinely feel this way, then I got some shit I got to tell you. Cause if you're going to come back and try uh, and live, live it. life again, then you should know that this is kind of what's been going on. And I mm-hmm. haven't told you because I thought we were all, you know, seconds from the grave and you were just trying to focus on this thing. Yeah. But so my my problems with this too. One, it's just such a fucking downer. Man, yeah. this story is such a downer. I don't yeah. like downery stories like it it and I know like it ends on a slightly hopeful note, but it's still just it's such god, the story's such a downer. Your favorite fantasy is grim dark fantasy where everyone dies. How do you always say that you don't like stories where everything is so well, depressing. No, but grimdark doesn't always mean hopeless. Like, so like Mark Lawrence. You, I mean, Broken Empire. That is quintessential grimdark. But it's a lot of people die. It's grim and it's dark. But there is a thread of moving towards something positive. This ends and with them moving towards something. It ends with, well, but to me, my read on it was like, the world is so, like, I know, like, the author's, like, I I think the author's point was trying to, like, oh, hey, you know, it's there, where there's life, there's hope. But the scenario that she has built in this, like, just talking about, like, what all is wrong with Earth. Too late. I, do, I think it's too, like, 
my read late. on it was it was too late. Was it though? Because we're only listening to this woman's perspective, and she's cut herself off from all of everything. That mom that she and that know. family yes, on but, Mars but is Derek, dead. That, we don't we don't have anything else to go on. Kind oh, of deal. Like yeah. so, I yes, <clears throat> if we, the story was told by someone else, there might yeah. be a different perspective on it. But just. My read on every and also all the she's problems. like what was she eighty like she was yeah. close Something to dead like anyway so it was like, um, everything is but also seen. she knows like how shitty everything has gotten she ain't even like her knowledge is older kind of I, I don't know to me it was just such a dumb that's that's just a minor quibble that's just a me taste wise mm-hmm. uh, I just thought the whole daughter thing was from out of left field yeah that seemed just so it just seemed to come weird. like just so that's what from I, out of left field like it, it was jarring and I didn't like it kind of deal like I. I I realize it was you know kind of uh, something for the story like I yeah. I see what she was going for but to me it just came so out of left field. And I guess I di- that's why I, I like feel that. so gross about it, where it feels like he just told her that as like some form of manipulation because it was so well out of place. I guess all right. I think you're misplaced. I feel the same way, but not that he was manipulating. I I felt like the author Awful. manipulated us. Okay, like come it it's so yeah. from out of left field. Yeah. It's like and it's okay. So this is this is okay. It's for plot reasons, but it just seems like forced and shoehorned okay, in. What, what, yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So the, so they mentioned that there were people out. Uh, what is this? This was Hawaii. Hawaii yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're out in Hawaii. Where Leninagata is from. Uh, so hmm. they're out in Hawaii. Uh, you know, like they build this. Part of what I liked more about this than Sun Moon Dust. Is that there was some con- some world building, yeah. like yeah. some yeah. letting you know what's happening right. outside of the yeah. Sun the, Moon Dust, you literally like basically never farm. leave the farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I completely lost my train no. Of well, I know, like you know, they definitely some dropped the hint. Like, oh, well, know, no, they... no. But see, my thing is, would you would you have been? This isn't like me being like, well, no, this is a genuine question. So if they had like maybe referenced another time between then and the reveal that like weird news had been coming out of Hawaii or she had oh, heard the thing might would have helped. something like yeah. that to just kind of make it seem like it wasn't just oh by gotcha. the way ta-da. Yeah, yeah that that might yeah. would have helped because um, that was the only thing I thought because like I I liked it but it was kind of there should have been more there's you, yeah. you know how I am. You gave me A and C. You need to have a little bit of a B link. Give me, give me a B. Give yeah, me a something. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that that is my biggest problem with this story. I liked mm-hmm. the story overall. Yeah. Like it, I would definitely recommend the people. I definitely yeah. recommend people read this. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it it got it was deserving of the nomination. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh. But for me, the reason the reason why it didn't win it's is because Carvel Nine. Yeah. <laughs> I think the reason it didn't win is because. I, I have a suspicion that we're not the only people that feel like that was kind of because honestly the when I was reading justified. it when I was reading it the whole time I wasn't expecting a, a a moral message where it was like hey don't just like basically don't surrender hope is I was not yeah. expecting that because anytime you read these stories it's always just miserable the whole time and then everyone dies i i where i thought the story was gonna go that that was like some sort of terrorist they managed to blow up the terrorist and, thing and, and then they go back go back to building it or something like that either they go back to building it or the terrorist didn't blow up the monument but it 
blew up one of the needed robots and so they just couldn't continue so there's an unfinished obelisk and that's a metaphor for humanity's unfinished yeah. potential yeah. yada 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 yeah. so that's where i thought it was going I and then it, it I took like, a left turn i like where it went but yeah. there was there was a it, missing step ooh, if, so now instead of there being an obelisk that's a testament to humanity they're gonna have an empty house on Mars, where it's, this yeah. mom and her two her two, her two children well, hey, are I going mean, to die. It worked, right. it worked in the Bible, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we have a uh, oh, gross. We a have bunch of inbred de- deliverance Martian babies? on Mars. Yeah, nah, bro, it's gonna happen. They're they're on the comeback. They've been they don't call it a comeback. They've, they've been, been here for years. years. Gross. <laughs> oh, and she does have a male and a female twins, even. Well, but here Mars. and here's the other thing. They're going full. So they, they don't. They, <laughs> they talk about like they don't have the resources to like fund yeah this ain't no money but if they've got the technology to have a martian colony even if it fails i feel like they could at least ha- have cloning technology designed in theory they could maybe okay you can't support a full colony but maybe you can launch a rocket get somebody that gets out there. like some cloning you or like can't a cloning, 3d print a cloning, up there a i mean bat. we can 3d print now yeah yeah 3D they're, they're gonna 3D print like, people up my, there yeah yeah i just i feel like i don't know yeah, like your good story. Yeah, it's all it's all pointless in the end. Is what I that is such a this downer fucking ni- story. Nihilist intern yeah. Tanya over here. God. Like, okay, so great, cool. <laughs> they the mom and the kids don't die immediately on Mars. Cool. They're dead anyway. Super cool. love that. Wonderful. Okay, well, and you also Tanya. don't get your obelisk. Hey, Everyone loses. Okay, but, well, you're but, you're just gonna die. So just stop doing things now. Like just, I try real hard. <laughs> I noticed. Well, here's the here's the thing. Like the, the whole thing about like the obelisk, it it's like, well, you know, to be remembered, but remembered by who? I mean, what's the point? Like, if humanity's going to die, like I never got the point. Like, yeah, like oh, you know, something that will outlast us and be remembered. Well, isn't that what to to what end? But so, is I mean, that not what people do when they have kids? Or Think about people who are like, I want my genetics to pass on. I want somebody to be able to take care yeah, of me. Yeah, but you're, how is that any different than you passing on your genetics to a kid? It's that right can there. live and exist yeah, outside goes, of life you. Life goes on. Like, like building a building a obelisk that oh because you think humanity you. is going to die out and it's going to outlive mm. humanity. Mm. Who is going to see it and enjoy it? Like you, it'd be like, oh man, I want to write this book for pot. Like I want, I want to be remembered by this book. But I write it in a language that no one. Can I made read, it up and no one. And then I, know. I bury it in the ground, and let no one ever see it. Like okay, I wrote this book for posterity, but no one, no posterity is ever going. Like to the see only it, point of you know? having done this was to build this thing so that if after they're all dead, some other single cell organism eventually becomes sentient yeah. in a such a way that it'll still be there. But or, it, or I guess an alien, maybe. But, yeah, but, but eh. all it, all that money. Could have been better spent on, the like, Earth on instead Earth. of trying yeah. to leave Earth and go to Mars. Yeah, fix Earth. Well, don't go to. Well, don't leave Earth. Even even go even leaving Mars, it could have been better spent not giving up and building a monument. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So yeah. All eh. right. Good eh. talk. Good talk. I, I liked I liked Sun Moon and Dust. I enjoyed better. them both. It was much more. Um, I, I felt better about that story when I finished reading it. When I finished the Obelisk story, I was like, "Well, yeah." Why would you feel hopeful after reading a story that the main theme at the end of it is like being hopeful for the future? I I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, if you want to go ahead and get a start on next month's reads, which I do because yes, I almost do. forgot these ones okay. this time. So I read them this morning. Like I said, I'm, I'll, I'll print these out for y'all 
Um, but if you wanted to get a jump on it, yes, Seasons of Glass and Iron Ooh. by mm-hmm. Amal El Motar. Mm-hmm. Haven't read it. Don't know anything about it. I think it was nominated for like a Nebula or something like that. That's. I think I found it looking at a list of stories. The other story. All right. Remember in season was that two? No, season one. We did a flawless silence by Yi Yoon Lee, and we all yes. hated that story. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading the comments, everyone's like, "Oh man, this is it's just the worst story compa- by her." Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I'm down. So, so we're we're trying else? her again. A yeah. sheltered woman by Yi Yoon Lee. We're okay. giving her. A, I haven't read it either, Oof. but we're giving her a chance for for a comeback. <sighs> Round two. Yeah. Um. <laughs> With a name like that, I'm sure I'll a love sheltered it. woman. A sheltered. Oh, battered women sounds delicious. delicious. Yikes. 800,000 battered women. I've been eating mine plain for years. Wow. I saw I saw, <laughs> okay, that, guys, I saw that on a shirt. Let's throw back to that Gillette episode last week. <laughs> we're going to get me too Yeah, you're... Um, you're... <laughs> all right. We're equally offensive. So, all right. Um, anything y'all want to add before we before we cut out of here? Anything? No? Um, no? no? No. Uh, well, when we get out of here, we'll look at see what next. Oh, we were going to look at. Oh God, I forgot to look ahead of time. We're going to start announcing what we're going to talk about in the upcoming Ooh, week. Ooh, I can look at it if you just want to kill time. I have it pulled up on my phone. Well, I'd rather not just waste these people's time. Well, we're not wasting time, really. We're just having a discussion, which you know. I think you, maybe Bob, part... me, and you can have a conversation about how Tanya's maybe Tanya needs to go to um, Mars. Oh, I thought you were going to say therapy because I do do that. <laughs> well, you know, I. I'm not saying it's really effective I, I, for yeah, me. Well, that was what I was going to say was, I mean, you can't, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. So maybe just send her to Mars. Can't save her. She don't want to be, be saved. saved. I don't have Google Sheets on my phone, so I'm just kidding. <coughs> all right. So we, we won't, after all. All right. But going forward, <laughs> we will docs, start researching sheets. so we can tell you all a week in advance. We're, we're give you a little preview of what we're going to talk about. Hold on, Bob. Did you just cough and grab your head? Yes. Gee, I... Derek. In this episode. So... Has he fixed his head problems? I I did actually go to the doctor. I did go to the doctor. Did he see a doctor? There was a long line, so I left. He went to the doctor. In the the coming week, I hope that you all enjoy the blessing of the beard. Thanks for listening to this episode of Books, Beards, Booze. Our co-hosts are Bob, Derek, and Tanya. Our producer is Bob. For more information, visit our website, booksbeardsbooze.com. Follow our social media at Tales by Bob. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share. Okay, bye.